Hallelujah. Are you thankful for the kingdom? Are you thankful for the kingdom of God? Are you thankful that you get to serve the kingdom of God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your goodness. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Go ahead and have a seat. It feels good in the house today, doesn't it? Amen. God's presence is here. He's with us. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful get to come to a house every Sunday just to worship and receive and worship with you all, our family in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Like I said, happy Mother's Day. We honor you, mamas. We honor you. We love you. We pray for you. We bless you. If your mother's not in the room, make sure you love on her later on. Give her a call. Go see her. You know, motherhood parenting is, is a work. It's so fulfilling, and it's such a blessing, but it's, it's worked throughout the stages, and Pastor and I, we have four, and we have an adult child, 20-year-old awesome man of God, and then we have 13, 11, and 9, so pray for us, because we're in different stages. We're, we're learning how to parent a, a grown man, and we're still dealing, and we're learning how to parent a teenage girl, so pray for us. Uh, we love her. She's actually serving in the nursery today. And then we have our son, who is amazing, junior high. Um, he's cool. I'm sure most of you know him, Zion. He always gets on the stage, go with the flow kind of kid. And then our sweet Evangeline. And so I'm blessed. I'm a blessed mama for sure. And so I'm thankful for the blessings that they are. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for being with us. I also want to say thank you to Pastor Jamin for sharing his pulpit with me and making me work on Mother's Day. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're in a series. This is part two, week two of the series that we're in, um, titled When Pigs Fly. When Pigs Fly. And we know pigs don't fly. And that term is usually used when we talk about something that's not possible. You know, when is this going to happen? Well, when pigs fly. You know, it's, it's used a term to describe something that is not possible. But how do we, we know, how many of you know that in the kingdom of God, miracles are possible. Things are possible. What looks impossible is so possible with God. Amen. And that's what the series is all about. And uh, this morning, we're going to go into a story in 2 Kings about the Shunammite woman. And you might have heard this story before. Um, it's a beautiful story of, of miracle, of faith. And this woman experiences miracles, and she experiences death in her life and ups and downs. And so this morning, I just want to take you through this story. We're going to 2 Kings, the fourth chapter. And we're going to read this story. And we're going to step into this story. And so I just want to invite you all to let's read along together. Let's step into the story, and let's learn and observe through, from God's Word. Amen? So are we ready? We're going to have fun this morning, and I'm going to try to keep you all with me, and I'm going to add some fun elements into this story just to kind of help us, again, step into this story. So we're going to 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, and we're going to start in the eighth verse. And we're talking about a woman. I'm talking about the prophet Elijah. So it says in verse 8, one day Elijah went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there. And she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed by that way, he would stop there to eat something. So she must have been a good cook because he wanted to come back, right? And, she, and just for, for her story's sake, we're going to say that she made the best pot pies. Because that's one of Pastor Jamin's favorite. So 
throwing in some aroma in there so we can see. So every time he was in town, he would stop there. Verse 9 says, she said to her husband, I am sure this man who stops from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build, him a room, let's build a room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair. Let's get some lamps from Ikea and let's make it look good for him. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. Now, isn't that like ladies, you know, looking and thinking of all the details, making the shopping list, things we're going to do. So her husband agreed, and in verse 11 it says, One day Elisha returned to Shunem, Shunem, and he went up to this upper room to rest. And he said to his servant, Gehazi, tell the woman from Shunem I want to speak to her. And when she appeared, Elijah said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate her kind concern. We appreciate her kindness, her hospitality, everything she has shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? No, she replied. My family takes good care of me. She's like, I'm good. Nope. Thank you. Later, Elijah asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Gehazi replied, he had the inside scoop. He said, she doesn't have a son, and her husband, he's old. Call her back in, Elijah said. When the woman returned, Elijah said to her as she stood in the doorway, next year, at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me. Don't deceive me like this and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman stood, soon became pregnant at that time. The following year, she had a son, just like Elijah had said. And what a beautiful story. What a beautiful story. Story of miracles. This woman was barren. She couldn't have children. And in that time, um, it, was, it was a shame. It was, it was, it was looked on upon and when a woman couldn't have a child because the legacy couldn't continue. And this woman, this Shunammite woman, had the opportunity to bless this man of God. Um, she had him over for dinner. She felt the need to impress him, to build him a room in her house, a place where he could stay in town. She made room for him. She built, she built him a room on, like, the second story of her house. And um, I just think this is, this is a, a, such a beautiful story of a miracle. And it, it, it's, just, it's just a beautiful story. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking through my, my notes just went crazy on me real quick. She, um, she had him over for dinner. And one day Elijah was lying there in bed and he was thinking to himself, after a good meal, after, after a good pot pie, and he was thinking, what can I do for her? You know, what can I do to repay this? Um, he was thinking, you know, in his mind, he, give and you shall receive. You know, this woman has sowed into me. How can I give back to her? And she was thinking, what can I do for him? You know, she didn't give to get. You know, she's like, how can I bless him? Um, she didn't need, she said, I don't need anything. I'm fine. You know, I'm fine. She told him that I don't need anything. And she was, she was fine. So she was wealthy on the outside, but on the inside, she was missing something. She hadn't had a son, you know, and I, and I think about this woman, I think, you know, how many years did she try to have a child? How many times did, how many months went by, you know, I know a lot of us, sometimes people experience this in life. And how many pregnancy tests did she buy? How many years did she have her hopes? How long did she pray for? And she didn't have a son. And in verse 7, it says, um, 
verse 16, it says, she cried out and she said, don't deceive me like that and get my hopes up. Her response leads us to assume that it had been a while and that she had possibly lost hope. And um, he's declared, at this time next year, you will have a baby. And she did. And she had a boy. Because God keeps his promises. Amen. God keeps his promises. And Elijah declared that over her. And she had that promise from God. And God keeps his promises. And 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him are amen to the glory of God through this. God keeps his promises. No matter what promise you're hanging on to this morning, don't lose hope. Because God keeps his promises. Amen. My second point is, this woman, she built God a room in her house. And so I want to encourage you this morning, build God a room. Build him a room in your life, in your home. Make him a dwelling place in your heart. Not just for visits, not just for Sundays, but for every day. Build him a room where he can move in your life. Uh, we can move where he can, where you can receive his blessings, where he can... Uh, perform miracles in your life. We can't make him move, but we can't allow him to move. We build him a room. Amen. And so in this room in particular, we see that that's where the promise was birthed. And that room is important. Look at your neighbor and just say, that room was important. This woman built him a room literally for the man of God. And every time um, he basically had an open invitation to stay there, um, the door was opened to God's presence wide. She, she opened the door not only to this man of God, but the presence of God and his promises and his blessings. And um, I just want to encourage you this morning, some of us, we just need to start there. Build him a room. Build him a room. But there's more to this story. There's more that happened. We're going to keep reading. 2 Kings 4.18, we're going to start there. We're going to continue, and it says, one day, this child that she had, the child, when he was older, he went to help his father, who was working with the harvesters. And suddenly he cried out, my head hurts, my head hurts. And his father did what so many good fathers do. They say, carry him to his mother. Amen. So the servant took him home, and his mother held him on her lap. But around noontime, he died. She carried him up, and she laid him in the bed of the man of God. And she shut the door and left him. She took him up to the room. She sent a message to her husband, and she said, hurry, send me a servant and a donkey. I got to get to Elijah, and I got to have him come back. And he says, why go today? It, it's neither noon moon festival nor a Sabbath. And she said, it will be all right. It's okay. So she settled the donkey and said to her servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you. And as she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, Elijah saw her coming in the distance, and he said to Gehazi, look, the woman from Shuman, she's coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, is everything good with her, her husband, her son? And she told the servant, yes, everything is fine. And in the King James, it says that she rep always replied, it is well. Verse 27, when she came to the man of God on the mountain, she fell down to the ground, and she caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away, but the man of God said, no, 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 leave her. She's deeply troubled, and I'm not sure. God has not told me what it is. And then she says to him, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say, don't deceive me and get my hopes up? I mean, she warned him. She's like, don't play with me. Don't play with me, Elijah. And she's like, I didn't ask for this. Didn't I tell you not to get my hopes up? 
Verse 29, and then Elijah said to Gehazi, get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anybody on the way. Put the staff on the child's uh, face. But the boy's mother said to Elijah, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I won't go home unless you come with me. This woman was persistent. So Elijah returned with her. Gehazi hurried ahead of them, and he did as, as the man of God said. He put the staff on the face, and um, he returned to Elijah, and he said, the child is still dead. Verse 23, when Elijah arrived, the child indeed was dead, lying there on the prophet's bed in the room that the mother had built. He went in alone, he shut the door behind him, and he prayed to the Lord. Then he laid on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and his hands on the child's hands, and he stretched out before him. The child's body began to grow warm again. Elijah got up, he, was, he walked around, he paced, he did it again, he laid on him again. This time the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Then Elijah summoned Gehazi and said, call the mother's child. And he, when she came in, Elijah said to her, take your son. And she falls to her feet again and she bows before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. Then she took in her arms and carried him downstairs. Sadie Neighbor, there's more to the story. There's so many good nuggets here, right? There's so many things that we're learning in, the, in, this, in this story. We re- read about the miracle. We're reading about the miracle of giving birth to a son when she couldn't. We read about the, the hardships that she went to, the death of her son, the ups and downs. Like so many of us, you know, we, we get a new job. We lose a job. We're in a relationship. We lose a relationship. We have falling out with our family. Um, we're trusting God for things and we don't see them or, or they come to pass. And, and then there's something else that comes in our lives. There's, there's struggle after struggle. Um, this whole time, I love the woman, the consistency in her character saying it as well. She didn't panic when uh, things came at her. She knew how to um, humble herself and fall to the feet of the man of God. And her character was, she um, we saw in her character, we saw reverence to God, honor, her faith. It was consistent, and she trusted God. And I just want to encourage you this morning to keep trusting God. Allow, even in those times, not to panic. Even when, when things look bad, when the rug gets pulled out from underneath you, not to panic and stay consistent and trust in God. Because sometimes in our lives, there are scenes, and then there's the whole story. And I think that is important. That's my point number three. Sometimes in life, we have scenes but that's not the whole story. Her son was in her arms and he died, but then he was brought back to life. And if you are here today and you're going through a storm, you're going through a difficult season, I'm here to tell you that there's more to the story. There's more to the story. So stay encouraged. The baby grew up to be a boy. He had a headache. He laid in her lap and he died. Sometimes in our lives, our dreams, they'll die too. Sometimes in our lives, our dreams will die. But it's what we do next that's our choice. This mama had a decision to make. She had to ask herself, is this the end of, is this a scene or is this a story? Is this the end of his life? Is this where the credits roll? Or is there more to the story? She decided to take her son back to the place where the promise had originally been conceived. She went back to the room that she built for the man of God and she laid him there. She left her son in the room and then she went to go see Elijah. Say your neighbor again. The room is significant. I'm going somewhere. She didn't panic. She knew what to do. Her son's story would not end here. When you get stuck in a scene, 
when things don't go as you plan, when you, the rug gets pulled up, like I said earlier, from underneath you, where do you go? You know, all of a sudden, we're, life is great, and we're having a good time, and things are going good, and then all of a sudden, you lose the job, or, you know, financially, you're not doing so well, or something happens, somebody in your family gets sick, or all of a sudden, you know, there's a season where people around you are depressed or not serving God. What are you going to do? Do you panic? Or do you know where to go? Do you go back to the beginning? This woman went back to the beginning. Go back to where the story started. And with us, it's like we have to go back to where it all started. The originator of, the originator of our story, Jesus. He is the author and the finisher, Hebrews 12 Two tells us that. And so we have to go back to Jesus. So some of you this morning, I feel like you need to lay down some of those dead things. Just like that woman laid down her son in the room in the presence of God. Some of you have to lay down those dead things that have in your life, those dead callings, those disappointments, those dead relationships. We need to come before the Lord and we need to lay them down and then allow God to breathe life back into them. Amen? We need to ask God to breathe life back into those dead places, those, those dead purposes, those dead assignments. And I love this mama's spirit because she insisted that Elijah go back with her. She's like, I'm not going until you come with me. And he did. And he went in the room and another miracle happened for her. Another miracle. The boy was brought back to life. And I just want to encourage you this morning, whatever is barren in your life can be fruitful again. Whatever is barren in your life can be fruitful again. If you have breath in your lungs, just like they were singing earlier, he's not done yet. God's not done with you. And whatever is dead in your life, God can bring back to life. So I just want to encourage you. I want you to leave with hope this morning. Any dead areas in your life, anything that you're like, ah, time passed by, or, you know, there's no hope for that situation, or there's no hope for that relationship, God restores. And there is still time. If you're alive, there is time. He's the resurrection, and he is the life. Amen? John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus told Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die again. And he was talking to Martha. He says, do you believe that? And I ask you this morning, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Amen. Glory to God. My next point, when God breathes on something, it comes to life. I believe there's things in our lives today that are coming to life. Nothing that he speaks, any promises that he gives us does not return void. They're not, nothing in God is wasted. Nothing in God is wasted. All the hurt, all the pain, everything we've gone through, those crazy seasons, it's not for nothing. He keeps his promises and he brings things back to life. And the Bible is full of examples of men and women who... Um, there were scenes in their lives that looked bad. I think of Joseph um, when he was in the pit, and then he was in prison, and then he was in the palace saving lives. You know, if he had he's just stopped in, in, in prison, you know, we wouldn't see all the, we wouldn't read about all the lives that were saved, including his family. The woman with the issue of blood, her scene was long, 12 years with the issue of blood, but she knew if she could just get through the crowd and touch the, the, the hem of the garment of Jesus that she could be saved. She, didn't, she knew there was more to her story. The woman whose daughter, Pastor preached about this last week, the woman whose daughter was possessed with demons, 
And her faith moved Jesus to heal her, to deliver her, even when it was ahead of time. And if you didn't listen to last week's message, make sure you listen to that. It was awesome. What about Jesus? What about his scenes? You know, he died a death for us. You know, we always talk about how hell had a party on a Friday night. But it wasn't over. That was not the full story. And without the crucifixion, we couldn't have the resurrection. Without him dying for us and taking our sins upon him, we, couldn't, we can't have eternal life. He did that for us. And so if we would just stop at the, at, the, at the scene that looks bad, at the torture, at the death, we wouldn't have what was available for us today, which is salvation for all. Amen? He took on the bad scenes for you and me. He took on those scenes. All right, one more time, but there's more to this woman's story. So the first miracles, Elijah in her house, you know, what can I do for you? Nothing. He speaks a word over her. She has a son. And then let's also talk about the famine. Oh, wait, that's, that's the next part of the, let me get, I'm not getting ahead of myself. There's more to this story than the next miracle. Her son dies, and he brings her back. He brings him back to life. And so there's more to the story. And we're going to skip ahead a couple chapters. And there's six verses that sometimes we don't read about or we don't really talk about. But there's more to this woman's story. And this is probably my favorite part of her story. And let's read this together. And this is uh, verse 8, 1 through 6. Elijah had told the woman whose son he had brought back to life... Take your family and move to some other place, for the Lord has called a famine on Israel that will last seven years. So let me just stop right there. He says whose son he had brought back to life. The Bible can't talk about that miracle if that son hadn't died. Um, if that son hadn't died, he can't talk about that. He can't say, we can't put that in the miracle. We, can, we don't have that testimony. And I just want to just encourage you all, some of the worst scenes in our lives make the best stories. So the woman did, as the man of God instructed, verse 2, she took her family, settled in the land of the Philistines for seven years. After the famine ended, she returned to the land of, from the land of the Philistines and went to see the king about getting her house and her land back. As she came in, the king was talking to Gehazi. This is seven, year, seven years later. She's like, I came back to get my stuff back. Um, so, you know, for some reason, doesn't say her house, her land was gone. And she's going to come before the king to get her stuff back. And the king is talking to Gehazi, Elisha's servant. And he says to her, at that very moment, it says, uh, let me go back. At that very moment, the mother of the boy walked in to make her appeal to the king about her house and land. Look, my lord, the king, Gehazi exclaimed, here is the woman now. I think I've gotten a little ahead of myself. There we go. Is it true? Okay. So basically what happens is the king is asking Gehazi, tell me some stories. Tell me about the great things that Elijah did. And so this servant, Gehazi, he's telling the king about the time that Elijah brought back a, a boy from the dead. At that very moment, the woman is walking in to ask for her stuff back. Talk about perfect timing, right? Some things you have to go through so that when God brings it around for his good, you have a story to tell. 
Some of us have a story to tell. Pastor Jamin, you have a story to tell. Diana, you have a story to tell. Vidi, Miss Vidi, you have a story to tell. We have a story. Some things that we have to go through so we have a story to tell. Some things we just, we go through, and it's the scenes that I think that we wish we could have skipped over. I know I have scenes in my life that I wish I could have skipped over, wouldn't have happened, but it's those scenes in particular that have brought me to where I am now. Sometimes we have to go through some things to, to have a story to tell, to give glory to God. The first miracle here is not that... Um, he prevented the famine because there was a famine. And so this woman, she was taken care of during the famine. She was told, God's getting ready to, you know, put a famine on the land. Take your family and go. So God kept her through it. He provided for her through it. He kept them through this famine. That's the first miracle here. And then he provided her through it. The woman went through and told for seven years. Then afterwards, she had to get her land back because... Um, it was gone. And so this morning, I want to just encourage you, get back what is yours. Get back your stuff. Get back what is yours. Come before the Lord. Come before the King this morning and get your health back. Come back before the Lord. What is, what's missing in your life? Get your joy back. Get your strength back. Get your passion back this morning. Whatever is missing in your life, get your victory back. Get your salvation back. Wherever you're living in life, that's okay. Today is a day you can get your salvation back or you can get saved again. You can get victory. God redeems all things. God redeems you. He can restore you. He can heal you. Whatever you need this morning, I want to encourage you, get it back. Amen? Get your stuff back. I know that's not a proper grammar, but get your stuff back. Get your stuff back. She went before the king to get her stuff back. And she had a full circle moment. And this is super cool. When she walks into the king's court to get her stuff back, and as she comes before the king um, that was talking to Kahazi and the king, she said, tell me the story about her. And God's timing is always perfect. This woman walked in and her need collided with God's provision. Her past met with her future at just the right time. God's timing is always perfect. And, and imagine being Gehazi. Imagine, you know, seven years have gone by since you've seen this woman. And he's like, tell me about Elijah and the great things he's done. And he's like, well, there was this woman and a son. And then she walks in. Imagine being him. I imagine that he's having like a flashback moment. And he's thinking, man, this is a woman who made the pot pies and built us a room. And there was a, a bed and the lamps from Ikea. And she was, her husband was old and, and she couldn't have kids. And then, you know, God blessed her with the son. And then you know, the son died, and then she came and got us, and, you know, she's having this flashback when she's seen all this stuff, and she walks in. Imagine being him there, and a full circle moment, not only for this woman, but for the servant, and um, I just want to encourage you, this woman had a full circuit moment, and what happened in chapter four was waiting for her in chapter eight. Everything that she went through in her past was waiting for her in her future. And so I just want to encourage you this morning, whatever you're going through, it doesn't make sense. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever you've seen in your life, whether as a child, as a teenager, as an adult now, wherever you're at, it doesn't sometimes make sense, but it's waiting for you in your future. Amen? Because God can redeem, he can restore. And then some. I want to finish this. I'm going to go to the end. I didn't finish the scripture. And he asked, the king asked her, is this true? Is this true, this true about your story? And so her son was there. So she didn't have to explain herself. Her son was already there. 
And she told him this story. So he, the king, directed one of his officials to see that everything she had lost was restored to her, including the value of the crops that had been invested. So she got everything she lost and then some. God gave it back to her and then some. God can give you everything back and then some with interest paid for your troubles. I've heard a double for your troubles. God can restore your marriage. God can restore your family. God can restore your body, your health, your mind, whatever you're struggling with. Some of you, I feel in this room, you've been struggling. You're like, you know what? I've never been the same since COVID. Some things are happening in my mind. God can restore your mind because he's greater than anything you've ever been through. He's greater than any sickness, anything you'll ever come in anything you're going to come come against to even in this week to come or the next month he's greater than all that he's greater than all that she had a full 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 circle moment some of you are in your own chapter four and you don't know why and some of you are getting ready to step into your chapter eight when you put your story into God's bigger story, you make history. When you give up your will for his will, your story becomes his story. And you know it's going to be good because he's, he's, he's writing it. You know your story is going to be good. You know we're going to win in the end because we're placing our story in his hands. If the son had not died, would this story have even existed? Would he be telling the king about it? Because a lot of women have babies. But it was the fact that the son died that the story was being told. The fact that this was a miracle. Those scenes in your life, the good, the bad, the worst, the things that have brought us to where we are today, the times we were hurting, the sickness, they're just scenes. It's not the whole story. It's not the whole story. There's a whole story, and God's writing it this morning. God's been writing it since you've been born. God will continue to write it if you'll let him, if you just place your story in him. How many of you know, how many know because you believe in God, that God is working all things out for your good? He's working things together for your good. Come on, just give him praise because even though it doesn't look like it, you know that he's working things out for your good. Even if you don't feel it, you know that he's working things out for your good. And we may not like the scenes in our life, but we know the author and the finisher of our story. And he's telling my story and he's telling your story and we're trusting him with it. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinity more than we might ask or think. More than we might ask. He wants to blow your mind more than we can ask or imagine. That's our God. That's our God family. That's our God. That's the God we serve. And so I'm done sharing this story. I just want to encourage you, jump into the stories of God. Jump in and and step into the, get your own revelation. There's so many more nuggets that I was getting last night that I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't say it all because, you know, there's, there's, there's not that much time. But I want to encourage you, read the word. Let him speak to you. Let the word of God come alive in your life. Make that room. Make that room for the presence of God in your life. Amen? I'm just going to pray. I'm going to close in prayer. And just to recap, some of you might need to make God in your room. Today's a day that you're like, I'm making God a dwelling place in my life and in my heart. So giving him room to move. 
Some of you might need to lay the dead things. Lay the dead things down this morning. Come before the king and say, I'm giving this to you, Lord, so you can bring it back to life. Or I'm giving this to you, Lord, because I've been hanging on to it. It doesn't need to be in my life, okay? And some of you need to resurrect some things in your life this morning. Let him do a miracle in your life, in your heart, in your spirit. And some of you this morning, you need to get your stuff back. Whatever you've lost along the way, you need to get it back today. Amen. And lastly, some of you need to get ready because you're walking in your redemptive season. You're walking into your chapter 8 this morning. You're getting ready to walk in the fulfillment of the calling and the purpose in your life. God is so good to us. So just ask everybody to stand to your feet and let's pray together. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for your word that gives us life every day, Father, our daily bread. And Father, right now, you know our situations. You know our needs. You know where we're at in life. You know where we need healing. You know where we need to lay things down and let things go. You need where we need just life again, Father. Father, I pray that my family here standing here, Father, just receives everything that they need. Father, I just pray that they will dream again. Father, those dead dreams, they will come to life again, Father. I pray healing in the hearts right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you're working in our minds right now. You're restoring, you're clearing. Father, we're getting rid of fear. We're getting rid of, of anxiety right now in Jesus' name. Father, you're restoring health back to our bodies, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for the hearts that are coming just confused this morning, Lord. I thank you that your power and your presence can do a work, even right where they're standing right now. Receive the presence of God. Receive his power. Receive his love. Receive his healing touch right now in Jesus' name. And Father, we need to surrender to you. So those who need surrendering this morning, we're laying down our lives before you. We're laying down our wills before you, Father. We're saying we're coming to you like children, Father, and just saying, I surrender to you, Daddy. I want to live your will. I want to live your life. I want you to write my story. I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. And Father, we love you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord. Just, just, you're just working. You're just doing a work in our lives today. Doing a work in our lives, Father. Doing a work in our lives, Father. We thank you for that. And we surrender to you, Lord. We surrender to you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. After service, if you need additional prayer, somebody to touch and agree with you, we're going to be at the altar. But this time, I'm going to pass it over to Pastor. Are you thankful for the mother of this house? Come on, amen. Thank you, Pastor Olga, for that word. Hallelujah. Before we do close this service, it is wrong of me to not take time to pray over not only the mothers in the house, but the spiritual mothers in this house. Those who either physically are not able to have children or just kind of step into a different role in this season of your life where now you are spiritual mother. We want to pray over you here today, if that's okay. So if you have a mother close to your mama, uh, a mother in the making, lay your hands on, on, on that lady. Hug her. Bring her in close. Amen. Right on. If that's not your way, you guys don't typically hug, at least grab her hand. Okay, that's, but we want to take a moment and we want to speak blessings and, and joy and health over every, again, biological mother, every uh, spiritual mother in the place. And I'm not talking about your relationship with your mama. It might be fantastic. It might be terrible. It might be somewhere in the middle. But 
um, if this lady next to you has taken on that, that role and that calling as mother, then help me pray over her now. Lay your hands right now and help me pray. Father, firstly, we want to say thank you for a reflection of your character that is found in the life of a mother. The nurturing, protective, will fight off any, anything that comes against my child. Thank you for this woman. Thank you for the sacrifice, for the, the life that she has lived. Thank you for her dedication to her family. And even though she hasn't done everything right, thank you that she's still present in our life. God, we pray right now for these mothers or the, the wives of our children. God, we pray right now that they would sense a new level of joy. They would sense a new level of peace. Today, may you not feel like a failure. I want to speak to that mama. So I, I know we make mistakes as humans, but you are not a failure. If your family is with you in church here today, then on some level, spiritually, you have succeeded. And you need to thank God for that. But the areas where you have fallen short, where the mistakes of your past uh, harmed your family, today we speak a correction to that. And we ask God supernaturally, miraculously today, restore, as Pastor Rogan has already said, restore what the enemy has tried to destroy. Restore what our own selfish nature has tried to, to destroy. God, bring it back into our lives and blow our minds and exceed our expectations. God, I ask today that every mother in this place feel a new level of courage, feel a new level of faith rising within her today. May she continue to pray for her family. May she stand in the gap for her family. May she believe God for miracles in these last days for her family. And God, I thank you that every mother in this place is going to feel the love they deserve. If it can't come from their family, then Father, I pray it comes from you. Mama, may you feel the love you deserve today. May it overwhelm you. May it overtake your, your life today. The love of God that he has for you, it's tremendous. I thank you, God, you're filling every mother's life with that today. May I also speak to this, those of you who are grieving over the loss of a mother or the loss of a child. I understand on both levels it is devastating. Mother's Day is difficult for those whose mom are no, is no longer present. It's also difficult for those mothers who have lost children. Father, we minister to their hearts right now. May you bring healing. May you bring peace. God, let it happen in this moment where they just sense that you are with them. And that God, in spite of what we have lost in you, we find everything we need. Child of God, I encourage you today, draw close to the Lord. Could have said it any better. Pastor Olga's telling you today, make room for the presence of God not just Sunday you need him every day and while I can't necessarily heal the things you've lost I can speak to what you still have and I can speak to what is to come in this life I believe that God is going to give you back not your mama but he's going to give you back love maybe not the child you've lost but he's going to give you back grace and strength and courage for the days weeks months years decades ahead and I believe today, every one of you, every one of you, are going to begin to sense God telling you, you make a room for me. Don't wait till next Sunday. Make room for me tomorrow. Make room for me all week. Make room for me. Make room. You can't make God do anything, but you can make room for God to do anything in your life. Make that room. 
Watch how miracles begin to happen in your life. Unexpected miracles begin to take place in this next season. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let all God's people who love the Lord and are thankful for his love say amen today. Come on, put your hands together, family. Amen. Thank you, Lord. As you enjoy this day, as you go about doing the obligatory things that Mother's Day requires us to do, whether that's the flowers or the cards or the, the going out to lunch or, or dinner, I pray that you feel a genuine sense of love, not only for your mother, I pray you sent it from God. He loves you so much, child. He loves you so much. So I would be wrong to also end this service and not make sure that we're all right with God. So would you, just for a moment with right now, would you just close your eyes with me? And you don't need a man for this. What you need is faith for this. You don't need a mediator for this. You need faith for this. You don't need a priest or a pastor. You need faith for this. We're going to confess our sins to the one we sin against, our Heavenly Father. And we're going to allow Him to do what only He can do. Forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us of our sins. And fill us with righteousness. Will you pray this prayer with me right now? Just believe it in faith. Say, Dear Lord, I thank you for your love for me. I believe you demonstrated your love when you sent your son Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving your life on my cross. I believe you died for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of all my shortcomings, of all my mistakes, of all my sins. Come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you ascended into heaven. And I believe you're preparing a room for me to be with you forever. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you believe that, you've been made right with God today. Come on, put your hands together. Thank you for his grace. Thank you for his forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Olga. Can you just stretch both your hands real quick towards Pastor Olga? Father, we thank you for the word that she's delivered today. She got to do my job. She knows how hard it can be. So God, give her right now everything she's poured out. Pour back into her strength. Pour back into her wisdom. Pour back into her hope. God, fill her to overflowing today with your great love. And may her children treat her right. In Jesus' name, let God's people say amen. We love you, family. Happy Mother's Day. God bless you. Join us next Sunday, 1030. Have an awesome week. If you need extra prayer, we are here. God bless you.